everyone, and welcome back to the Philosophy of Fitness podcast. My name is Haley. I'm going to be your host today and every single day that you are tuning in, my friends. Today, I am joined with Zach Tyler. He is the creator of the Instagram account Behavior Hack, if you're familiar with it. And he's also the owner of a event rental company called Peak Photo Boots. So he has a really interesting background. We had such an incredible conversation, and I learned so much about his journey of what has led him to where he is. Um, He's actually had a lot of injuries as well that he really uh, went into as being a part of his story. But we had an incredible conversation and also just some insights into the entrepreneurial mindset and how fitness has really played a role in his passion for that. And he offers up some of his advice as well, some of his mindset perspective that I think is really interesting and refreshing to hear. So if you guys are interested in hearing our conversation, then you know what to do. Go ahead and stay tuned. Today, I am joined with Zach Tyler, the creator of Behavior Hack. He's an entrepreneur. He's an amazing guy. I've been following (laughs) you for a while, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited for this. Thank you for having me on, Haley. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I've been following you. I think I started following you back in the middle of the pandemic. And I was like, wow, this is such an amazing account. And I didn't really know the face behind it. Um, But I just, I feel like we're very aligned in terms of, you know, mindset, motivation and discipline and all that kind of stuff. So I am so excited to have you on. And I think a great place to start would honestly be just, you know, your journey. Like, what was your what was it that led you kind of like to where you are now? Like, have you always been into fitness or? Yeah, sure. So I'll give a quick, uh, a quick backstory. I, I guess you could say I was always into fitness. I grew up playing soccer. Uh, we're actually both from Long Island and yep. you know, I grew up in like the big soccer culture here and played in, you know, some pretty competitive leagues growing up. And then I went to college and I was playing at uh, Binghamton University upstate and Basically, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. It was just, I was growing up playing soccer. And so, all right, everyone's going to play college soccer. So am I. And so I went there. And unfortunately, what happened is uh, I had a series of pretty bad injuries right when I started college. So I went in with a, a pretty bad, uh, I think it was a broken wrist. And so I was playing with a cast and, you know, I wasn't, really, oh, wow. I wasn't playing much. I was just, just practicing. And then it's pretty funny, actually, a little like uh, morbid, but not morbid, but I, a few weeks in, I was practicing and um, I was always like a pretty dirty, not dirty, but like tough player going to tackles. And I like tore a ligament in my other hand. So just imagine me like skinny. Yeah. So just imagine like a skinny, awkward freshman walking around the cafeteria with like two casts on. (laughs) That was, that was me in college. So uh, stuff like that. Yeah. And then basically just go quickly. Uh. I had that. And then the next year I broke my nose really badly. And again, playing soccer, had to get surgery and then had to choose between staying at Binghamton, which was a great school, good soccer program or transferring and playing soccer somewhere else. And, you know, I love the sport so much. It was my whole life. And so I actually transferred and then, um, and then I transferred to this other school, another division one school um, in Connecticut. It was going pretty well there. And then a few weeks in, had a really bad, uh, the story gets better, I promise. Yeah, but, uh, so prone to a, injury. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. I had a really bad break in my quad, like my rectus femoris, which is like the biggest tendon in your oh quad, God. was just like gone. So uh, at that point, it was three years and I was basically like, all right, I, I can't, I can't keep sitting on a bench hurt. I have to change something. So that was where my whole 
I mean, you know, soccer is, it's, I guess you can include it with fitness, but like, that's where like working out and uh, weightlifting, especially, uh, I really fell in love with it was after that transition happened from basically when that last injury happened, I decided I couldn't do that anymore. And so I, I left the team. I left that school for a little bit and then I came home and what happened was I basically went from being, you know, this, I was a freshman at a great school, great soccer program at Binghamton. And now I was going to, you know, Suffolk Community College, which is nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing wrong with that at all. But, you know, for me, it was, it was tough at the time. And so I was home for one semester and that was where I really started working out. And, and, uh, you know, I talked about on my page a little bit, but that was like by far the most transformative period of my life was where basically I went from having, you know, all this set up, you know, great school, uh, great soccer program. And then um, basically now I'm home, the home, my home life wasn't great. You know, my parents were like fighting a lot. And, um, and then I just had me in the gym and that was where everything really started to kind of change. That is a crazy journey. I can't even believe just the amount of injuries, you know, it's just like back to back to back. That's insane. It's funny though. Yeah. And I, yeah, the way I look at it though, it's like, so like, I I look at a lot of my life this way and and it's like with the injuries I had and some other stuff growing up, which like I, there's this quote by, I quote this guy, uh, Naval a lot. He's like, uh, he's an angel investor and philosopher. And he has a great book out called, or someone wrote it for him. It's called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. So in that book, he talks about how early in life, if you get rejected a lot, it's it's really a gift because um, it will force you to kind of do your own thing and go on your own path. And that was 100% my situation because even other than the soccer, which I would, I would consider that those injuries, like a type of rejection, you know, like I was not given what I want, which was, you know, a great career with soccer, but even in high school, there were times where I, you know, in high school, I was, uh, I used to be really outgoing in middle school. Um, when I was really younger and then high school, I started to get really shy and I would take things really personally and got, you know, I had really bad skin and I was really anxious all the time. And then even I can in, totally relate to that, by the way, I also had yeah, terrible skin in high school. So I know how that yeah, mine was so bad. And yeah. And another thing is with soccer, and this isn't a great, this is a trait that I'm still working on today, but, uh, is you know, I would go in like freshman year and I would not, I would have a bad practice or I'd be, I'd have a bad injury, a bad day with the inj- an injury I was dealing with. And I would just like stay in my room and, and not talk to anybody because I take it so personally, even though it wasn't, you know, it was just a sport and, and there's two sides to that, I think. And it, and, but like I said, I think that rejection I had early on is a gift in, a, in the sense that it made me hungry still. And like the moment I stopped playing soccer, I just felt like I had one so much time now, but two, I had so much to prove. I had so much hunger to still like create something. And so I think if like, if I had had the best soccer career ever, it might've not been in my favor long-term. That's so powerful, by the way. I feel like there's a lot to unpack with your story, but I think something, something that really sticks out to me is kind of this idea of, you know, when we have our life planned out for us, right. And we have this trajectory of, what we're either expected to do or what we think we're going to thrive in, you know, everything sort of seems like it's painted out. Yeah. I feel like at least in my experience, you know, a lot of times when those things unravel and they fall apart, it's actually leading you towards something way better than you could have even, you know, thought about in the moment. So it sounds like that's absolutely how soccer was for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, 
you know, the things that have happened in the last few years, I mean, I don't not, I can almost confirm if soccer had went smoothly, they would not have happened. And on a big time, a long time scale, you know, the rest of my life, I'm really glad those things did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I know for me too, I've had a lot of things fall apart and not pan out the way I wanted them to. And that was part of why I started this podcast was, um, you know, losing my job and the pandemic starting. And that was like the push that I needed to, to go for it. So yeah, um, I think for people listening to this, I think they're going to be really inspired by that. Cause sometimes we get so caught in our heads that, you know, we're supposed to be set on this. Like for you, you're probably so caught on the idea of soccer was like your thing. And yeah. sometimes when that thing falls apart, we realize we actually have so much more to offer. Yeah. It's like, I talk, you know, I talked about it on Instagram a few times and it's like, there's, I, I called it like, um, a lot of times when, when you lose something like that, that's so core to like who you are or like core to your identity, it makes you question everything. I think that's why like breakups are also, they do something similar where it's like your whole, that like veneer you had over what life was and what your plan was is kind of torn down and now it's like all right what am i what, what i actually want to do what do i actually think i'm capable of you know where do i really want to be and it's in those uh moments where like kind of like your ego is just destroyed where like you get to reinvent yourself a little bit and i think i was gifted with a lot of those moments uh i call it a gift you know and like yeah uh but it's hard it's hard to realize in the moment and I, a lot of people like you said with your story that happened to a lot of people in this pandemic i think where uh yeah they had their situation changed massively, whether it be work or relationship or anything else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love your mindset of kind of how you think of things now in hindsight. And it's so hard to do in the moment. Like you said, it's so hard to deal with a breakup or a huge loss or something that really derails you. But um, something that I've learned in my experience too, is in hindsight, it really is a gift. You know, I'm actually the most thankful for some of the things and the relationships in my life that have like fallen apart because they're always almost always a catapult to something that's even better. But um, that's a real huge thing that you talk about. I feel like a lot with your page and your you know, your message is the mindset, right? I think that mindset is so powerful. I mean, it really starts everything. So what kind of, I mean, obviously the soccer was a part of it for you, but what else has sort of, you know, contributed to your, to your mindset, really a growth mindset of just continuing to overcome? Um, continuing to overcome. I think it's, uh, well, I think, about fitness I mean like in that time when I so I'll start back like where I was with the story basically um that that point was where I really started working out heavily and like my trans my transformation picture whatever you want to call it um just from being skinny like to a few literally a few months later was uh and I had worked out a little bit so the page is a little deceiving it wasn't like it was like a bad picture and then yeah you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but it's still it was still significant because I was just in uh the gym, like, I don't want to say torturing myself because it's not a good word, but like, just like, just going into like a cave of like self-imposed, uh, I, I'm going to use the word pain because yeah. it's like, just like working out really hard and through all that, watching myself, you know, physically change a little bit. Um, but it, that little bit, so much in the time, in this, in that time, you know, and that was honestly the first step. And I think a lot of people go through that in the gym, you know, it's like, uh, mental it's a physical transformation but it becomes a mental transformation and you know the the gym is like the phys- the the most uh like tangible manifestation of that where you know you work hard you struggle 
on purpose and you're going to see the rewards soon enough. And I guess now it's, it's, uh, like now I think it, it builds on itself. You know, it's, it's a matter of committing to things and accomplishing those things when you never thought you could. And, you know, that was basically what that led to, um, was I, at the time I was working for a photo booth company. So what that is, is they basically go to weddings and sweet 16s with these, you know, modern types of photo booths. Yeah. And this was me working for another company. I worked for them for about two summers while I was at school and just, you know, basically had no weekends. I would just work every single weekend doing these events all the time. And then about, uh, and then what happened was I actually went back to Binghamton after I came home and I went back to Binghamton to finish my degree. I had two years left. But when I went up there, I started this photo booth company in Binghamton, which is kind of middle of nowhere. I don't know if you've ever been up yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it's kind of middle of nowhere. But that in the, the gym is the only reason I started that company. Like just. The oh, really? Trans- yeah. Like it wouldn't have happened if I didn't go through that time. And I, like I said, I contribute to working out a lot to that just like there's something there's something magical that happens there that it's hard to explain but um the things that happen in your brain when you're training consistently and putting those chemicals in your brain it can really change your mind about what you're capable of I think and yeah so I started that company went back to school and I was going back to be a doctor I was pre-med oh wow because yeah we we don't have to go on talk about this too much (laughs) but I'm a big believer in like mimetic theory I don't know if you've ever heard of that it's like this guy Rene Girard came up with it a long time ago basically says that all we're doing is copying what the humans around us are doing. So to apply it to me, like growing up, all I was going to do was play college soccer because that's yeah. what everyone around me was doing. And then I, then I was like, all right, what am I going to do now? So I had the business as, aspirations, but uh, you know what it is Long, Long Island, especially too, it's a very, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word without offending anyone <laughs> who's listening to it. It's, uh, it's very traditional. There's not a lot of entrepreneurs. I don't know of many young entrepreneurs or Neither do there's I. entrepreneurs. Yeah. A lot of them are older. There's not many people doing stuff on social media, like, like you and me. Um, it's very go to college, get a good job. And, uh, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But so basically what happened was I went back to school. And I'm like, all right, what are people around me doing? That looks good. All right. Pre-med it is. And so, um, I did that while doing the, the, the business and yeah, like what you're saying before, what helps me like keep growing. It's just, you know, committing to things and, and accomplishing them. And I think the more you do, the more it makes you, you know, ask yourself, Hey, what, what, what am I capable of doing? And like, um, you can keep expanding from there. And so that's what kind of happened to me as I was in Binghamton and, uh, doing the pre-med classes. And I was always, uh, okay student just cause like I had a decent work ethic. I could, I could sit down and study and, and force myself to learn it. But my, my law, my, like, I was just being pulled somewhere else, you know, which was the stuff of the business, which I, I'm not passionate about photo booths. I'm not, but I love the the technical aspect of business and the science. I'll even say scientific side in terms of, you know, marketing and psychology and sales. And I was really drawn there. And that's kind of, that's kind of my story there. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know where to start. I, I go on some rants. I tried to ask you a question. <laughs> no, that's like, okay. I thought it'd be good to like finish my like college story. Yeah, no, no, no. That's awesome. The one thing I was thinking before I like dive into more, um, that theory that you were talking about of everyone around you, is that the same thing as like the five or six people you surround yourself with or who you'll be the sum of? Have you heard of that? Sim- yeah, yeah, similar, I think. Yeah, similar it, idea. Like, reminds me of that. Um yeah, which I you're think gonna, is you know, true. 
yeah it's it's true i think and and but it's tough it's really hard especially when you grow up and you're not i mean it's easier for like us you know because we have the social media and the internet and you know i grew up like i can tell you the odds of me starting a business would probably be zero if i didn't follow people on social media you know but um it's a different time now yeah yeah and i think a part of it too is you know for what it's worth it is scary to go against the grain, I think, no matter what it is, if yeah. everyone around you is following the same narrative, it was similar for me too. I went to college for, um, for English and communication. And I thought I was going to have a career in healthcare advertising and I hated it. You know, I quit my corporate job. I just knew, like, like you said it, that pull that you felt towards that business, that entrepreneurial side, it was the same for me. I felt a pull in that same direction. So, yeah. um, if you're feeling that pull, like if you're listening to this and you feel that pull somewhere, listen to it, I'm telling you. <laughs> That is probably yeah. a part of your life purpose to be pursuing that path. So, yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. So that kind of leads you to where you are now. So it's this whole crazy journey of a bunch of injuries, unfortunately, which I'm so sorry sure. about that. No, um, no, they're, they're fine now. <laughs> yeah. But um, it seems like, you know, like you said, everything's been a gift. So it's kind of, you know, led you to where you are now. So from the photo booth uh, starting, right, you started that in Binghamton. So what sure, led yeah. you from the photo booth now to behavior hack, where did that come into play? Yeah. So I'll explain it quickly and kind of what my, what my plan is with the page, like going forward. Uh, so I've always been kind of attracted to having some type of online, like audience. Like I always like, like, you know, like I wouldn't consider myself like an influencer um, cause the page is not very personal, but um, you know, people who had audiences and, you know, I think the, the paradigm is shifting and it's some people are like, I think you kind of realized it and some more and more people are realizing it where I'm a, I'm a big fan of people putting stuff out on the internet just in some way, shape or form. It, it doesn't even have to be your name. It, it, I think there's a lot of benefits to putting your name out, but I think like I tweeted this the other day, it's like the old model is um, you find connections and those will create work for you. But now you can create work for yourself and connections will find you. Like I'm sure you've met a ton of people who just reached out to you just from stuff you post online. And, it's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that never would have happened uh, if you didn't do that. And so I'm a really big believer, like long-term in just the power of creators and whatever platform you do that on in terms of attracting things to you and creating opportunities and creating optionality for yourself with, with, with whatever you want to do, whether it be start a podcast like you, or, you know, you see tons of tons of people starting brands or even just, you know, writing a book. Like if you want to write a book now, I mean, the best way to do it is to build an audience for a few years, see what kind of content they like and take that content and write a book. Like, have you heard of the book Atomic Habits? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's how he did that. He, he wrote for a long time. He, I think he committed to like two blog posts that James Clear is the author, amazing book, whoever hasn't read it yet. Hmm. And uh, he posted two blog posts a day and over time realized that his audience was really resonating with habits. And then, he, you know put out a bunch of content on habits and crafted into this amazing bestseller. And so that's how uh, behavior I kind of started. So I just want, I wanted somewhere where I could kind of brand and uh, put together the stuff I was learning and going through into some type of content. Yeah. yeah. And with the photo booth uh, to talk about that too. So I I'm a big believer in uh, like, it's kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm contrarian in a lot of things. I try not to like do it too much, but I just am. But, but there's a thing now where contrary, being contrarian has also become popular. So it's almost like what's actually contrarian. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
I'm a big believer in like following opportunity before passion, because like I have all these passions I want to do, all these things I want to create. And I'm still like behavior act. What I post there is like my passion. It's what I love doing. I love like talking about that kind of stuff. But for the photo booth for me, that is by far like my best opportunity right now, just because I think uh, Seth Godin, have you heard of him? Um, he's like- I've uh, heard the name, yeah. Yeah, marketer, author. I almost, I might be misquoting him, but he says, be the best, in, try to be the best in the world at something. And he's not saying be the best like on earth, but be the best like in your world, whatever that is. And so for me, if I can create one of the biggest photo booth companies in the US, I, th I think I should do that. And that will give me the time and freedom to pursue my passions with complete freedom and optionality, no pressure and have more resources to do so. So that's kind of my big plan there. It's actually a reason why lately I've been a little quieter on, uh, especially Instagram and social media in general. I'm the, the photo company is extremely busy with events coming back. And uh, yeah, and so basically I talk, a I'm kind of going all over the place, but that's okay. <laughs> I, uh, I took that company from upstate and then kind of came to Long Island and New York and added a bunch of new things. And I'll talk, say this to any entrepreneur who's listening or aspiring entrepreneur, like what I just said about opportunity versus passion is I think a really important thing. I think I see a lot of people trying to start these really, really ambitious projects. And the problem is that, especially if you're a solo operator, extremely difficult and you're going to be often like the, the high, high chances you're going to fail and, and you might be discouraged from starting something in the future. And so what I did, and this is what I recommend all people to do, especially on Long Island is, I mean, there's a lot of places like Long Island and is find a business where there's plenty of people wanting it, but where people are either old or lazy, or there's something you can do that is an advantage. So for, to put it simply, like there's a ton of photo booth companies on Long Island, but none of them were really using technology well. None of them were advertising that well online. None of them have a great website uh, and none of them like did different things. So I did that, created these unique packages, created like the first ever TikTok photo booth in the world. Oh, wow. Cool. That's yeah, cool. That was like, yeah, that was like one of my big things. And, and we do these cool flower walls and hedge walls and just, and yeah, so it's going to, it's doing really well now. And obviously it was pretty dead last year, but kind of spent the time just doing a lot of booking. And so this year it'll be okay. pretty crazy. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's such there. a smart, yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think it's a really smart approach because I know for myself too, like what you said about kind of focusing in on one opportunity versus passion. Like I have like 80,000 projects in my head that I'm like, oh, it would yeah. be so cool if I did this or like, oh my God, I should go do that. But yeah, it's, you got to just focus on one thing at a time. And that's something that I really struggle with is because I have so many different things I want to do. And I, I feel like a lot of people in the entrepreneurial mindset can fall into that. Right. It's, it's so yeah, hard to too. focus and yeah. stay within your niche and like, you know, do all this stuff. But I think it's really smart to keep the opportunity yeah, like, in mind, you know? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, you were, you were like glitching a little bit. Oh no, that's okay. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, I know uh, it does that sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah. I, uh, you know, like you can do it all, but you, you definitely can't do it all at once. And like, I I've learned that the hard way so, so much. And I still am learning that. And especially last year, I learned that the hard way. I tried to do too much at once and it just resulted in everything kind of falling. And I'm the type of person where if I'm not hundred percent in, it's really hard for me to do it. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, but I think that like what you said, it's a good, it's a good thing following opportunity and focusing on one thing at a time 
the best way to do it. Yeah, definitely baby steps, you know, focus, especially I, I agree with you. I'm very much the same way. Like I don't want to do five things at 80%. Like I want to do one thing yeah. and, and do it really well. So I think mm. to anyone listening to, um, that would be really good advice, but something else that you were kind of alluding to with what you were saying that I think is really important and so specific to this time that we're in now is that anyone can do this. I, I think this is the first time in history where, you know, people aren't gatekeeping industries in the same way. Like you don't need yeah. a publisher to write a book. You don't need an agent to yeah. find, you know, connections. Like you can literally just start, you know, if you're trying to start a podcast, just record on your phone. Like you can start mm-hmm. it in your house. Like you don't need anyone. Um, and I think that this is such a pivotal time for people who are trying to be entrepreneurs to take advantage of that. And, and hop in now when, when really the world is your oyster. I mean, you can start from the bottom and, and really make a presence online at least. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's like the most rewarding path is like usually the least rewarding at the start. So I think people th- think of the idea of like starting a social media account, having zero followers. It's like, people are going to laugh at me and mm-hmm. people aren't going to, and I'm a plain, I'm talking to social media, but business is the same thing. You know, you start a venture, it's a risk. You're putting your name out there. You're putting your yourself out there and people are afraid to do it when I think sometimes that's just the hardest part sometimes and once you get started you realize how quickly you can gain traction and like for you like and and for me too it's like when I had when I just started the page like I think I started about two years ago but like just having one person reach out to you saying that what you created meant something to them it's like you know that's really all you need when you're getting started and that will create you that'll force you to keep pushing and yeah what you said I completely agree with there's there's no more, there's no more gatekeepers and, you know, Shopify, if you want to start a store, you're talking, you know, $30, even less sometimes like the cost of failing is, is close to zero. And it's definitely a different time. And I think we're so early. And I think also like an important point is it doesn't have to be a rush. Like I'm sure you probably plan on putting content out for a while, right? Yeah. I'm just yeah. getting started. <laughs> you're just getting started. Like, and I'm the same way. Like, I don't want to do this forever. I definitely don't. And I'm still figuring out, um, it doesn't, you know, my opinion is it doesn't have to ever be finite. You can always change, but I'm still figuring out which mediums I love the most. Like me, I mostly like writing, just like what comes naturally to me. But sometimes like, I like doing podcasts like this and like, I like talking. So you don't have to have it all figured out to start. And if you look at it as something that's a long-term plan, something you'll do for a long time, it, I think it becomes easier. That's such a great point of, you know, not having to have it all figured out. I mean, rarely do we ever, you know, when I started this, I had, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no experience with the podcast or editing or doing any of that. And I've just been seeing where it's taken me and kind of like you, I'm in the same position. Like, I'm not really sure if I want to push YouTube more or really focus on Instagram or even like private coaching. Um, But like you said, you know, it's, this is the kind of thing where if you're, if you're diving into this space, you have time to figure it out, especially if you're doing it on the side of something else. Um, mm-hmm. So take the time to explore what's the opportunity, right? Like they're all passions, but where is yeah. the opportunity really coming? I think is important. I agree. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, it's like the beautiful thing about content that I think people like whenever people ask me for advice, uh, which happens sometimes and people ask like, how do you grow an account? Whatever. It's always like, you have to like fall in love with like the data and like look at what people are actually responding to because it's all in front of you. Like there's a, there's a phrase like consult your timeline, don't consume it. And what I like, cause what I do is like when I look at people, especially like people that are doing stuff like what I do is uh, like, I look at a feed, right. But instead of looking at it, like 
like just text, I'll look at the numbers and be like, all right, this post extremely good. This post horrible. This post good. This post bad. And there's patterns that make sense. And those patterns only become visible when you start putting things out there, you know, for yourself, I mean, and because it's, it's valuable to look at that on your timeline, but also more valuable to look at it for yourself. Like for me, and sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, but I'm a lot of the content I post, I've already reposted or I've repurposed it in some way. And that's not, you know, just because I'm lazy. It's because like the, your hits are hits for a reason, you know, yeah. and there are subjects people want to see. And like I said, you don't have to have it figured out. You figure it out when you put something out there. That's huge too. You know, you got to yeah. try, you have to explore. That's something that I'm still, you know, figuring out with my Instagram, especially is do people yeah. like the long videos? Do they like reels? Do they want, yeah. you know, really long, you know, verbose captions of what's going on in my mind? Like you got to just <laughs> yeah. try, you know, you have exactly. to put yourself out there. You're never going to know until you do. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So would you have any other, you know, advice to anyone um, if they're particularly looking to kind of start their own business, like not necessarily just social media? Uh, yeah. Like I said, it's, well, number one, I would say just from my experience, starting stuff on my own, you know, I've started a bunch of projects. Most, most of them have failed and I got lucky. Really the first thing I started, I guess you could say did succeed. I mean, I say success, like, you know, it succeeded to some extent where I think it'll be, you know, pretty big business one day, but like I said before, opportunity versus passion, it has to be number one. And most people like there's, there's a, there's levels to that though. Like, I think if you're going to follow your passion and we just want to live in a, live at, live at home and like really struggle and put, and just wait years that like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's going to take a long time. And I think there's something else to, and usually it won't work. A lot of times the thing you're passionate about is not what's going to be profitable. There's another thing too, which is like, let's say you make me an artist, right? And I want to start like a, um, trying to think like, nah, artist isn't a great example. So you make a woodworker and he wants to start a woodworking company. I don't know if that's a thing, but if, <laughs> I'm if sure it is. A, it, I'm, it is. Yeah. If he's, if he wants to build a big company, he's not going to be the one doing it. He's going to have to have employees. And so what you're doing really doing as an entrepreneur is managing people and making decisions. And I think people forget that. And so, you know, I would say to starting entrepreneurs, the best thing to do is a service, especially a digital service, but even in-person service is actually, I would say lower barrier to entry and kind of like I was talking before, like, that's what I do. And in a lot of ways, it sucks. I'll be honest, you're handling equipment, you have to manage people, but there's opportunity because a lot of times those industries are where people are not very adapted to, you know, online advertising and websites, and you can really have an advantage. There's like a crazy statistic I, I saw the other day. And uh, it was someone who was, who said he was like calling just for like house repairs. And he said like literally less than 10% of companies picked up the phone. No and way. Yeah, no, but don't you, can't you believe that though? Like, I mean, yeah, I can kind of believe that. And I mean, I don't know. I just think if you're a young hustler, hustling kid, and you want to start a company, just figure out a service you can provide, or you can get someone to provide and start doing that and do it better than everyone around you. That's what I'd say. That's some really like smart sound advice. And it honestly just comes down to, it sounds like being, you know, methodical and sort of calculated about it don't just dive into some industry because like you said it's it might be something you're passionate about if you're woodworking yeah. and nobody's buying homemade woodwork you know it's probably not going to yeah. be profitable but um especially i think with um with our age demographic in particular there's so much opportunity for like you said some of these businesses that are 
mainly older people who aren't as adept to social media or advertising. Yeah. Like that's definitely seems like a huge place to tap into. Yeah, there's a great, if you're listening, there's a great, uh, he's a, I'm, I'm really into Twitter lately, so I'm like citing Twitter a lot, but uh, there's a great guy on Twitter, his name's Nick Huber. He runs a blog called Sweaty Startup. And he talks about exactly what I'm talking right now, which is like, find it, get your hands dirty. Don't try to start the next billion dollar thing. You know, get your hands dirty and launch a service business and do it with technology. He talks all about this stuff and you'll, uh, so go check that out. Google that if you want more information there. What was that? Sweaty palms or sweaty startup? (laughs) Sweaty startup. Sweaty startup. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I'll have to look into that. That sounds interesting. It's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what I'd say there. Yeah, that's I, all. I, just, I have I have a lot of friends who try to start really massive projects, and it just I think uh, when you're doing, it, especially when you're starting out alone, it's it's harder than people think. It's you know? so easy to get discouraged too, like you said, if you're not seeing that instant gratification of you know the yeah. numbers or the results that you want, um, especially with such a huge, if it's like a huge idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that can trickle over. I think you mentioned this earlier too into being discouraged to try anything else because you said, Oh, well, that first project was a failure. So yeah. like I'm doomed now. Like that's probably the worst mindset trap to be in. You but know, it happens a lot. I think it happens it a does. lot. And, uh, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not a good thing. No, definitely not. You just got to keep going. Eventually something's going to click. And, um, and if you think about what you're passionate about, I think it's absolutely possible to tie your passion in. It just might take a little bit of time. Like you said, I think there's also something to like, kind of like honestly this is what i'm doing on a bigger time scale is just just thinking on a longer time scale for your passion and like like what i'm doing on my page there's a lot of things i want to do with it but i mean at first especially there was i had almost no idea i just knew i wanted to get some get some people following me i had some ideas that i wanted to share and uh there's something to that where you know follow an opportunity now but work on your passion on the side and that's kind of what I've been following and I recommend that to people. Yeah. That's and that's just my experience. Term. You know, it's not right for everybody. But. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but I think it's, it's a great perspective, you know, keeping the long-term vision in mind is cause it's so easy. Like I know for me, it's so easy to get, you know, lost in just the moment of, Oh, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to try this. And, you know, long-term, like eight, 10 years, 15 years from now, it's like, do you have a blueprint for that? Do you have an idea, you know, of, of what you're even going to try to do? Like, it's all important stuff to think about, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, this has been amazing. I, I want to give you some uh, time to plug yourself here. So where can people find you? Sure. Also, can we talk about one more thing? Yeah, of course. That's something I wanted to talk about here because your podcast is called The Philosophy of Fitness, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I have something. Good. Like, So I've been obsessed lately with this one thing, which is like where great ideas come from, right? And this is just like a note. I think this will help anyone listening because it's really helped me. And, and I'm sure you've experienced this, but like, do you, do you ever get like great ideas while you're like riding a bike or working out all the time? Yeah. I've been, I've been thinking about a lot and because like something I've been, so yeah, I really in general, where great ideas come from. Cause I think right now there's, I've been posting about this a bit there's kind of a new plague, which is happening, which is like the plague of content and social media and information. And it's kind of under discussed because it's in general seen as a positive, which is reading books, listening to podcasts, like you're listening right now, uh, following positive accounts on social media. These are generally seen as good things, but I think what's happening with people spending so much time online 
and there's so much to learn is there's too much and there's too much content coming in. There's too much information coming in. And so I just want to give this advice to anybody, especially if you're doing something with business or social media, it can sometimes feel like there's so much to learn and there's so much, and you have to force yourself and you have to get all this information. But what I've experienced, because I've gone through this process of, you know, there's been times where, you know, my screen time is insane. I'm sure most people have those days and the best ideas always come when you're not trying to force them. And especially when you're doing something like lifting or running or biking. And I, I can't say that enough. It's actually something I've noticed lately. I don't know if you've noticed this, that a lot of people, whether they be like writers or entrepreneurs or anybody creative, especially, they always say they have their best ideas when they're walking or running. Yeah. I have my best ideas when I'm going for a run. I think it's just, you know, unplugging and coming back to yourself, I think is so powerful. And it's so underrated these days with what you're saying of just this constant surge of every quote, yeah. every book coming our way, you know? And it's part of the reason I've been posting a little less because I'm trying to find a better solution to the problem. It's like, I talk about not consuming content on <laughs> social media and yet I'm posting content on social media. Like I actually, I, I like to think I said it the most out of any people person on social media. <laughs> I try to, it's like, you don't need to be reading this. <laughs> like just go. Yeah. Cause especially on Instagram, it's just like, okay, so many quotes, so many, so much of this, like, what is this? I mean, it's also a byproduct of me spending a lot of time like in that space. And there's definitely a huge benefit to someone who needs to hear that stuff. But that's yeah. just my advice. If you're, if you're a little stuck, you just got to turn it off for a little bit and go for a run and go work out. And usually that's when the answers come. That's and so true. That's it. Nice way to yeah. end it. That's so powerful. Even in the shower too, honestly, like I'll be hopping shower out of too, the shower, yeah. writing a note on my phone, like the great idea, you know? Yeah. Um, that's what always happens. Yeah. To keep, make a good, make, create a good way to capture those ideas too. Cause that's when they always come yeah. when you don't expect it. It's like, I thought of this the other day, I'm going to make a post about it later or a newsletter or something. And it's like with new areas of, cause right now, I don't know about you, but to me, like I'm really into like crypto and like the whole space there's just, but no matter what you're into, there's so much to learn right now. Like so much is changing, whether it be stuff with social media, but I found a good, well, okay. The best way to learn is just to create something, put something out there. But let's say you really want to gain a understanding is, you know, dive in, consume a bunch of stuff, but then, you know, let yourself float a little bit and just like let it simmer and go for a walk, go for a run. And that's when everything will hit you and things will click because things don't click when you're trying to force them to click. And yeah, yeah that's really last note. That's, that's the key takeaway right there. The more you try to force something, the more resistance you put into it. It's just like, it pushes the idea further and further away. So Sometimes the most powerful thing we can do is just like take a step back, you know, think about it. I think there's something to be said about that too. Give ideas time, right? I think that's so powerful. So I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. So now if you want to plug your links, whatever. Sure. Nothing it? crazy. You can just follow me on Instagram. It's at behavior hack. I know some English people spell it differently. So it's B-E-H-A-V-I-O. R-H-A-C-K. You can also follow me on Twitter at the same username. Uh, I'm posting a lot there. And I have a newsletter, which you can find in the link in bio on the Instagram and Twitter. And that's really it. Yay. Well, guys, if you are listening to this, check out Behavior Hack. Follow Zach on all of his stuff. I'm telling you, you're not going to be disappointed with his content. He's amazing. He's so insightful and um, inquisitive. And thank you so much for coming on. Of course. It was a great conversation. Thanks, Ellie.